What's up, Redemption? How you doing? John Hendricks here, as always, for a brand new episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. On this week's episode, we've got a brand new guest for you as we're sitting down with my friend Luke Marshall, and we're going to be starting a mini-series of podcast episodes that we are going to be doing to review the last full year in Redemption, talking about all of the big changes that happened. And first up on those big changes is exactly what the podcast started with last year. We're going to be talking about rotation and kind of how we feel about that now a year later. We're also going to be talking about a big announcement that I'm making to try to drive the future growth of the game. So without further ado, we'll jump right into it. Thanks for being here. All right, thank you guys for joining for a new episode of the Threshing Floor Podcast. This is going to be episode number 40. So we're over the hill. We've reached episode number 40. We actually are bringing a brand new guest to the podcast. So I'd like to let you know that we are joined by Luke Marshall. How you doing, Luke? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, John. Yes, sir. Thank you for being here. I guess since this is the first time that you've been on, would you like to introduce yourself and, and maybe talk a little bit about your history with the game for the listeners? Yeah. So my name's Luke Marshall and I've played Redemption for quite a while. So I'm not actually sure when I started, but it was at Creation Fest when my dad met Rob Anderson and found some CD decks for me and my little brother to play and have been playing since then. So for sure over 20 years, but not exactly sure how long. 20 years, man. <laughs> you guys make me feel like I'm just a, a newborn in swaddling clothes here. Yeah, so John, when, when I started playing, the, the big rage was, so we had our our starter decks, right? And, and they were pretty awesome. And we had all the different art from the original and the Prophets, which had some pretty sweet art on them, even though the cards didn't really do anything. But then uh, I think it was the next year that we had been playing and learning the game. They released Warriors, and oh my goodness, that was unreal. Me and my brother went nuts when we saw all the different angels and demons, and the cards actually had special abilities. It was crazy. Yeah, I bet that was such a fun time going from a basic game of just counting numbers to, oh, now they do stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so my dad actually, he brought home, he, he was on a work trip and he came home from work the the one day after being gone for a while. And he just said, all right, boys, go get your cards. And we did. And then he bust out this box of Warriors packs that he had found and divided them up. And we all went through them and got to trade and play. And it was a blast. Nice, nice. It's pretty cool hearing something at this point potentially up to 20-year-old memories from players about the early days because when I came into the game, and I know that I say this and it probably is annoying to players like you that have been around for a long time, and I'm like, man, I really hate the way the old cards look. I really hate everything about them, just about. And then it's like you have memories attached with those, so they're more nostalgic to you and you know more endeared to your heart. And you're like, I wish he'd shut up talking about my cards. <laughs> Well, see, but I I, I kind of know where you're coming from with just the the way the game is growing 
and it needs to look a certain way to, to actually match other games. So I, d I think I get what you're saying when you're talking about the old cards and some of the wording on them is hilariously bad. Uh, but yeah, my, my memories are what kind of keeps those alive for me. Every set except for Angel Wars. There was nothing wrong with Angel Wars. It was the perfect set. <laughs> so you're talking about old memories. And so let me tell you how I was so disappointed when Angel Wars dropped. Because I remember that one coming out. And we had my uncle in the game at the time and a couple of his friends. And like we had a play group of actually like 10 players or so. And we had an Angel Wars party and started opening those things. And I was just like, what? are these because they had the weird computer images and i was used to like some actual old like art like looking at the warriors cards and i was just so confused and uh i i can actually kind of share in your disappointment for the the angel wars yeah so then you open up the pair of like eli and kira and you're like awesome let me look at this scripture that's on the bottom <laughs> it doesn't tell me that this angel is named eli or that it's yeah. named kira and then it's like Eh, kind of oh yeah it was it was so funny and my my dad is a, a pastor so he was kind of like what is this <laughs> like where where are they getting why are there female angels he, he was he was not excited about that uh but it, it was kind of funny i think my ultra rare that i opened up also was morgue uh oh. and I read him so many times hoping that I could play him somewhere and never quite found a way. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Morg, I have I have a sealed action figure of Morg. The the one I don't know if you, you recall me, I mentioned a while back on Discord that I was not able to find the Michael, but I found two Morgs and I opened one and set it up. And then <laughs> I had one that I kept sealed. I'm gonna keep the one sealed because no lie, the one that was out of the package was just standing up on a shelf at my office at our old building and one day just fell just oh no literally the arm just broke off like <laughs> spontaneously <laughs> and so it fell and then it like from the impact of falling on the floor another piece broke off so if anybody gets nostalgic for angel wars and you buy the action figures they don't age very well so keep them in the box if you haven't already opened <laughs> them just ever. word to the wise but man, you got to find the Michael for the matching set. I know, but you know, if anybody got one out there that they want to part with, let me know, but all I can do is I mean, I've looked everywhere online and I'm pretty I'm pretty good with Google. I don't know if you've heard, but I can find <laughs> things online. Can't find Michael. John, you're a wizard with Google. I don't I I really have no idea how to do it. <laughs> well, it also helps to be able to hack into Gabe's computer. That that's true. Well, I just assumed you had just downloaded his entire hard drive at some point and just reference it. Yeah, let's let's just keep that that thought going. And then when there's a cyber crime, they're like, John can solve it. John can't because John's really not that good with computers. <laughs> no one will ever believe that. So I guess we'll go through some. I guess kind of recent news here. This is not as robust as it was before nationals because things have kind of slowed down a little bit don't say that you just said the hype train's gotta stay running i know and i've got a big announcement to you know keep it going but you you gotta admit like there's i'm not bringing you a bunch of spoilers people aren't getting that section so it looks different than the way the podcast had been set up previously 
That's so. that's true. The, the the episodes leading up to nationals were so exciting because you didn't know what was going to drop, what were the new announcements, and it, it really was pretty exciting. Well, hopefully this big announcement can live up to some of that expectation. So the first thing I would like to mention is that the Lackey plugin is being worked on, and the update should more than likely be out this coming week. So if you're getting this on Tuesday, it may already be out. We're recording this Saturday morning, actually. So you've got a couple of days in the meantime where it could come out. So it might be out by the time this podcast release. But if not, they're hoping for it to be out this week. So you've got that. And I know everyone's excited to play with the Phase 2 cards. Hopefully the starter decks are loaded on there as well. We're all excited for that. And I know that I know that Luke was was excited because... I just went and clicked on the forums post about the update, and I saw an update from January that it just popped up at the top. I don't know why. I just assumed the top one was right, but I was making this outline last night at like 1 a.m. and I clicked on it, and it said the Lackey update has been the Lackey plugin has been updated, and I was like, "All right, sweet, Lackey plugins updated." That's my first bullet point. So, Luke, you probably thought that was breaking news for you. That that was that was super huge news. I, I get up this morning and I, I look at the the schedule that you sent me for the podcast, and I immediately typed in Lackey and tried to update so I could start building decks. And lo and behold, John's a liar. Yep. Well, we all have our faults. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to make sure that it's known that. As of now, time of recording, it is not updated, even though I put it on our outline. So this is me in front of the entire community apologizing to you. I'm sorry, Luke. It's all right. I'll, I'll just have to save my resurrection decks for a little bit longer, nice. which I don't know. I don't know what altar you're most excited to build around, but I feel like the resurrection is the truth, John. That that card seems kind of busted to me. Yeah, I I think it's actually, when I first saw it and I was like, oh, Empty Tomb, you can use it with that. But you can use it with so much more than Empty Tomb. You can splash it a little bit because some of the heroes have other utilities within other other decks and things. That's going to be a fun one to fun one to play. Well, just you, if you break it down, so it's, it's really, it's draw two cards that you want, or I guess search for two cards from your deck, put them in play, then activate... Uh, three additional hero abilities this turn which could be like i mean that that's like a plus five at the worst and like a plus 20 at the best so yeah i think that card's gonna be unreal i like it and i kind of like i kind of like it and star of bethlehem for kind of similar reasons but for the fact that these dominants that have come out now, and I think the ones here in Phase 2 are stronger. Obviously, you've got Burial and um, Harvest Time that are really strong, but I think for actually building a deck around and them being a focal point of your deck or whatnot, the Star of Bethlehem and the Resurrection are cool cards, but they're different than dominants that like Chronicles of the Kings. Okay, I'm just taking something away from my opponent and right. we knew that card designers, they were talking about wanting to take away some of the like hard counters or just trying to stop your opponent from doing things and mostly just you gaining a benefit. And now these dominants have come out and it's like, 
boom, now you get a benefit based on how you build your deck and what you're doing versus just trying to lock the opponent down, which is kind of cool to see that transition from them talking about it to now in cards in our hand. Yeah, these dominants are going to be so much fun to build around, which I, I love the way that uh, that they're kind of pushing some of their card design. It's like some of the the flashier cards seem to not be just like, like you said, a Chronicles of the Kings, uh, which can go in anything, but they're like, you get rewarded heavily if you can do this thing really well. I think that's a really fun space to, to build decks in. Yeah, and it kind of opens up creativity within deck building because you start thinking about how much can I maximize this ability? So it's pushing, if you play that card, pushing people towards a certain deck, um, build or makeup because you're wanting to maximize those hero abilities, but still leaves a lot of room for people to choose how to play it instead of just, I'm going to build a deck and I'm going to throw in like these same standard seven dominants that are <laughs> played in every deck that I build and the same seven Absolutely. lost souls. So every deck kind of looks the same, even if they're different. Yeah. I, I, I think that they're really getting a good balance for the di- di- kind of like different packages of cards. I know that's kind of a term that you like to use. But like you have different packages of lost souls, and they're just as good as the other ones. It's just they have different upsides and different downsides, um, which provide even more great choices for players to to try and figure out. Yeah. Also, in recent news, Jared, who is him, that's H Y M N. Every time I say it on the podcast, I feel like people just hear me say H I M, him, but him, Jared. From Texas, he put out his Nationals deck review in a YouTube video, and he was playing Patriarchs and Rissetti, and actually piloted it pretty well, was at one of the top tables at the end, and got beat by Jaden, who eventually won Type 1, and probably would have placed if he had won that game, but he, he fell to 7th, so that's where he finished, but he had one of the more unique decks in the field, I think being able to pilot that and get all the way toward the top tables there at the end. So that's something that's pretty interesting. If you want to go and look at that and see the deck list, not just the deck list, but then, you know, why things are in there and then who he played in certain situations that came up in games. It was a pretty good overview from what I've seen so far. I'm only about halfway done with it. So I'm enjoying it. I got to finish that, that video. I got to listen to, to most of it while I was working on some other things and I it, it was really fun to listen to him process why he made different card choices and just the the deck as a whole because and, and so full, full disclaimer I I actually think the, the I think the Patriarchs offense is trash I would I have been so against no. that I know that you no. I know that you liked it but I have been so unimpressed since that thing came out with the exception of creation combo when that was a thing. I hate it. I don't like it. And so I think it was kind of funny of like, he had such a good finish and he played uh, such good competition with that offense that I just, I don't know how he does it, but man, I, I guess I'm eating my words of, I've been saying that deck is trash for a long time. But let's, okay, let's, let's pull back <laughs> the, the layers here for a minute. Why do you think it's so bad? Is it, I think I can understand why most people from the outside think Genesis is limited because it seems like you're forced into just big numbers on a band 
and then having negates and there's not any real battle winners and no like creativity with the way you build your deck it's just numbers and negates man you're making my uh, case for me john but uh, i don't even uh, have to say anything i mean it sounds like you agree well i don't know (laughs) if i agree but is i mean is that basically the the premise there yeah i i really hate uh, i hate big banding attacks that rely on the gates because i think um i think that a really good opponent is going to make you is going to punish you for just throwing a bunch of heroes in battle unless you have some way to stop what they're doing so unless you're playing some type of uh hand control or unless you're tossing the enhancements um i I think that a good opponent is going to really make you suffer for it so we've got on record you guys heard it here Luke Marshall said he does not like big banding attacks that are backed up by negates. Sir, could you describe the throne offense that you loved so much? Yes. So big, here's, here's the, here's the difference in the throne offense is that you, when, when you were making a big band attack with that, you were not relying on a negate to win the battle. You were relying on a play first throne. So you had all these heroes in battle. So you were immune to Christian Martyr and the bad falling away at the time. Uh, so you were immune to those because you had multiple characters in battle. You got your draws off characters that could band and do something else. And then instead of having the weakness of banding chains, which is your opponent gets to play the first enhancement, you still got to play the first enhancement which was the real power of that, that particular offense. Um, uh, that and also the enhancements that were equipped. So you also got to basically play the first enhancement. So, yeah, I, I think that they're completely different things because you don't get the play first with a lot of the different bands in rotation. Faith of Abraham says you do. But I get I get what you're saying, hundred hundred percent agree with you there. I just and then we're back on my original. I hate the patriarchs. Well, <laughs> I just thought there was an opportunity there to draw a quick comparison and have Luke Marshall on the podcast talking about the throne offense. So I had to do it. I had to turn over that leaf. I, I mean, I can't help it. The the throne offense is just the the best. You know, bring back throne. Well, you we need, need it. you have Throne. You just have a different ability on Throne, which I'm <laughs> guessing you're not a big fan of. No, I I tried that so much. Unfortunately, in my opinion, the only thing good about that is the star ability. And so, without and and, and I can't put a card in my deck for just the star ability unless I'm Jeremy and playing a circus. Uh, and, <laughs> I I could not. I could not figure I I could not break that deck. I I remember thinking about nationals. I was thinking it was like, okay, I want to play numerous of the stars somehow, but I really want to play like Matthew and Widow and I was just like I don't have the code for whatever this thing is. And then ended up playing Jay and I I was like, whoa, he has the code. He's doing this thing, and I couldn't figure it out, so I did not jump on the train. But, man, that, that was so creative. Yeah, it definitely was to, to force it in there. And you say you can't put a card in your deck just because of the star ability. Um, did, you, did you happen to hear last week's podcast, the insane top deck that I had against Jaden? 
I I don't remember. What was it? Um, in teams, they just needed one more rescue, and he was sitting on Angel of the Lord in his hand. So, that, I mean, that was basically going to walk in for a soul, and I top-decked um, from Jeremy's circus deck because he had cards in there just for the star ability on the evil characters. Right. Emphatic Incriminators, I believe is the name. That top deck's a good dominant from hand and also delivered that sniped it. Oh, my goodness. That's disgusting. That ended up giving us a chance to to kick it around another turn, and we ended up winning the game. Yeah. D- delivered star ability is probably one of the best ones, but drawing those two at the same time, that's just unreal. Yeah. But like the fact that I told Jeremy, I was like, stars don't matter. You just got them in the deck because you need stars, and then you get something <laughs> crazy like that, and you're like, once in, a, once in a million years. <laughs> right. Well, did you notice, I, I pointed this out to Jaden uh, when I was watching some of the, the footage from Type Type 1. He, he discarded two woes with his delivered. Oh, man. He did that twice. He did it against, I think, he, I, I think it was Josh and Jeremy. He got both of their woes with delivered <laughs> off the top of their deck. That's crazy. Which I feel like that's how you are. Like that that's the plays I need to learn to be able to convert, you know, some more wins. Yeah, well, you could do Star of Bethlehem and you could do that twice. Ooh, okay. Well, okay. actually potentially I guess three times. Because you can use Star of Bethlehem twice, right? If you give up your second coming to get it back. Or right. have another way to top deck because it's a star card, right? So it could potentially well, be just, top decked with yeah, can coming you just prince. Take it with the coming prince. Or exiles, I guess. Yeah. So that's a that's another like I mean we already talked on it about the the dominance and things. It's gonna be so fun to see people actually put that together and start playing it. Like even when it happens to me, I'm gonna be like, okay, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. You know, not I'm- like thieves. When thieves happen to me, I'm just gonna be angry inside because I saw in Booster at Nationals, I was like, the fact that I'm able to do all of these and then just okay, I take stuff from you and then I band and then I do something else and band. Ugh. That's, yeah. that's not going to be fun being on the other side of that one. These were so good in draft. I I remember I was telling people when we did the draft, uh, I had, so like, I think I did a really bad job drafting uh, that day. Same. But I just like, I did not take enough offense. Uh, so I couldn't actually win many games. But the only games I did win were when I drew my thieves and got to play with my opponent's offense. Though <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, just that sounds like, like a similar strategy I was using. <laughs> yeah. I I don't recommend the part where you don't take enough offense to win a game on your own cuz that's what I did, but man, the thieves were sweet. <laughs> yeah. They definitely were fun to play. I just not really looking forward to other people playing them. Yeah. So I guess since we've had kind of this discussion and we we included in that was a bit about Throne and whatnot, the next announcement here is the Mr. Classic and just doing a reminder that it's going to be happening in early 2023 and it will be hosted. um, I guess we can just say it's going to be hosted by the Chamber Brothers and it's going to be done in Knoxville at Chris Fashman's church. So let me ask you. Are you excited about Mr. Classic? I'm super excited about Mr. Classic. I, I think the 
the the classic format is really fun because it's so unique to what rotation ended up being. Um, it kind of reminds me. I used to really like uh, Magic: The Gathering quite a bit, and one of my favorite things to watch was Legacy in in Magic: The Gathering, which was their like really old Eternal format with a lot of broken cards. And I feel like that's what Classic gets to be is like this format that has all the cards uh, since the beginning and there's a bunch of broken strategies so you can see like the limits of what redemption can do uh so i I think it'll be a blast i can't wait to see um some high level play with like some players that actually think about winning a classic tournament again and then see what they put out especially with the injection of goc uh that is going to really bust some things in classic i think yeah i'm super excited about it i'm not sure if I'm excited about the fact that apparently I'm going to be put in this like runoff for the community to vote me, Chris Fashman or Ron Sias into a bottom seed, like whatever the bottom seed is, I guess it's eight, eight man. So they would be eight. So whoever the number one player and like based on, you know, body of work in the history of redemption, the game, whoever that number one person is, is who I potentially if I get voted into that, I have to get beat by. And I'm just going to say get beat by because we know how no. it's going to go. John, come on. Where's your confidence? I, I, I left it in Iowa, man. Oh, no. Come on. Just I've been playing a ton of classic. Just just shoot me a message. I'll send you over some, some classic decks. You got a bunch to choose from. All right. Like you, got, you can play like the Disciples Thad stuff with a Disciples of the Lamb combo, so that basically whenever they block you with CBN protection, you just play your Son of God three times, which is awesome. Or you could go uh, to probably you know the best deck in history, which is the Throne Banning Chain offense. So, But the real cool thing I think that you can do with this deck now is that you just play Covenant with Death and the Cross, and I don't see how anyone is answering that. It's just Oh man, that does sound that does sound pretty. <laughs> that is like the hardest of hard locks cuz you can't negate covenant with death even with the negate neutrals. Yeah. So, that just seems unreal. And then yeah, and you just got so yeah, you you have so much fun. You could even just, you know, revisit your creation of the world IJ thing that you were so excited about. Man, I was I was so ready to hit that hit the ground running with that deck right after nationals last year. And then, boom, plot plot twist, rotation. <laughs> That's true. So I didn't I didn't get to play it. I did play it in a multiplayer game at one of Chris's tournaments last year before rotation, and I just swapped out uh, Love at First Sight, just a clean swap. I swapped it out for Impartial Judgment and maybe two or three other card changes, and it was basically a Love at First Sight deck, just – Instead of something that hits one opponent, I put in a card that hits all opponents. And I think I made everyone discard. I think I had like eight or nine meeks at the end of my opening turn. And I I hit hand limit a uh, in the drawing in the battle phase or whatever. And I think I ended up having like eight or nine cards left after turn one. And everybody had discarded up to eight. But then they ganged up on me and they wouldn't let me. They wouldn't let me win. I mean, I time out one, but they wouldn't let me get to five. I mean, you had to know that was coming. 
when you make everyone at the table discard their hand. Yeah, but <laughs> after they get rid of that much stuff, you wouldn't think they have much resistance. But then when they start talking across the table, they're like, yeah, we're not going to let him get five. <laughs> you got to block. You got to block. Oh, you got to love it. <sighs> Actually, you don't got to love it. Other thing that I really disliked was multiplayer. I could not do it. I know um, there's a lot out there that, that loved their multi-games, but oh my goodness, I was not a fan. I think multiplayer would have been a fun format when I first came in. Like The idea of it sounded really fun, but then when you sit down and people play the game a completely different way than they play standard, yeah. so it's like, all right, well, I'm going to give up the, you don't block basically early on. And it's like, if you block someone, now you're the bad guy. Are you not <laughs> supposed to block? Is that not the point of the game? It's confusing stuff. It, it, I mean, and I then guess. it's like, you broke you broke the bro code, so now they're going to gang up on you. And it's, ugh, I just, I don't understand the unwritten rules. Somebody's got to write down the unwritten rules so that I know. All I know from that is I saw a video one time that Justin cannot get to five or can't get to seven <laughs> if he can't get to one. That's all I know. Um, yeah, I think one of the main unwritten rules that I'll just tell you now is that if you make everyone discard their hand, they're not going to let you win. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, win outright, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's I guess that's fair. I'll I'll I'll, I'll give you that much. <laughs> so, definitely Mr. Classic is something that I'm really hoping is a big like wow kind of unofficial tournament that maybe opens the doors to some other unofficial things in the future. But obviously if you were at nationals or if you've seen pictures from nationals or you saw a picture of our van loaded down with all the plaques we won, there is a red and gold plated redemption, Mr. Classic belt that the winner will be receiving. And there was some invitations given out for the legacy seats in the, the eight man tournament for Mr. Classic and I'm not sure if that is supposed to be public knowledge, but I assume at this point, since they were given out at Nationals, that I can go ahead and tell you who those were. Yeah. So, do you know who they? Did you I, catch who I they do were? Not. Okay. No. So, and I don't know. I don't know anything about com- confirmed status of these people actually attending and participating. So, they were just given an invitation based on the body of work that they've done within the game of Redemption. So. One person that received an invitation was Gabe Isbell. So Gabe, based on work in Type 1 and Type 2, and obviously all his impact for redemption overall, he was invited. John Early had a run that most people would say at the time that he won those back-to-back that there was no one in the game that was better than him, especially in the Type type 1 area. I, I don't know anything about John with type two. So I guess he earns it mostly for his type one, just dominance from, you know, somewhere within the the run from 2015 to 2019, you know, culminating with the back-to-back in 2018 and 2019. Yeah, he, he definitely, I think the, those two are, are pretty unarguable. <laughs> yeah. So you've got those two. And then another one was Justin Allstead, and again, I don't know anything about confirmed status. So there was Justin, Gabe, John. Now I'm struggling for the last. Oh, 
Tyler Stevens. So, obviously, he's done pretty good with type two. And I think back in the day he had a booster booster win. So, he's got um, national titles in multiple categories. And he's one of the more active, competitive players that have a long history with the game. Because a lot of them are kind of like John's kind of, you know, stepping aside and hasn't been as competitive the last couple of years. And now he's, you know, taking on more of a a leadership role with the game, being at nationals and not playing, but doing the MC work and whatnot. But Tyler being active, having all that history in the game and still being an active competitive player. So he received one. I can also tell you that Jaden Alstead got an invitation because he won type one. So, yeah. So it looks like the potential field, and again, unconfirmed on the status, is Justin Allstead, Jaden Allstead, Gabe, John, and Tyler, and that's five. Which is already a a pretty stacked field. It's going to, like I said, I'm just excited to, I I hope they can all show up and make it, because I want to see the the footage. I want to see the games. Yeah, you want to be so much fun to watch. Go ahead and say you want to see the carnage, because that's going to be a (laughs) slugfest. Oh yeah, I, I want to see the them come up with their most broken versions of their strategies. And I mean, I know they're gonna play the the decks that they come up with well. So you'll just get to see like the best version of these different classic decks being brought um, against other Carnage, as you put it. Um, and I also want to see since it'll be an unofficial tournament. I think if Gabe comes and he can use like one of his alt art decks, that would be sweet to see on camera. Oh, that would be cool. Because he has so many different cool toys to to work in there. That could be really fun. As long as he doesn't end up playing Brian and Brian making him not play that. <laughs> I heard I heard the story that uh, Brian was the one that wouldn't let him play it in the championship game in oh. 2016, I believe it was. The, the redemption drama. Yeah. Golly, Brian. But anyway, um, I do know, and I don't know if I should say this, so I won't say it just outright, but I'll let you take a stab at guessing it. I know there's one other person that they really would hope to be able to invite, but they're not sure that it's going to be a possibility. So is there is there a name missing from that that you're thinking, man, they really should be in this? And I... I know that when I talked to to Jay in the past, he had talked about um, if he thought my brother would come back to play uh, Nick Marshall because he he got one he got one type one win and I think he I think he got second the other time that he made a good run back when Disciples came out. Yeah, he'd be a good one. He he usually has pretty high finishes at the few tournaments he's actually went to. Uh, and he's a, he's a phenomenal player. I'm, I'm trying to think of who else um, might be. I, I There's got to be some think, that were think missing of, that were really old. Think of the creator cards and then think of um, the great state of Pennsylvania. Great state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. I, I, I got he also nothing. has a brother. Am I going to, am I going to hate myself when I don't get this? Probably. <laughs> like, there's no way I should well, miss this. I mean, you you might hate yourself. Jay might hate me because I don't know if this is all information he wanted <laughs> shared at this point. But, you know, we're and this isn't the huge announcement, guys. This is just us, you know, spitballing here and talking about who potentially is making up Mr. Classic because 
we're tr- trying to build the hype towards that event. Um, I think he, he's created a card in the game. Oh, come on. I, custom artwork. Custom artwork, artwork that was commissioned for his created card. That was Noah's Ark, right? That was one, but that was not a created card. Oh, it wasn't a creative. Shoot, I, I don't some know. People, are you, are you going to tell people, me? Some people play this card in Patriarchs. It's just fun to keep keep toying well, with probably, you because when if you if it's a if it's a Patriarchs card, I've probably never seen it. So let's do alignment. <laughs> dual alignment, man. Dual, I, I when you figure this out, I think you're you're probably going to be upset <laughs> that you didn't get it. I need to like the listeners are probably Facebook screaming at you on who this is. <laughs> Hosted the 2020 national tournament. That was the COVID tournament that moved last minute. Wait, so you mean it was the one I was at? Yeah. Who hosted, <laughs> who hosted that tournament? Uh, oh, gosh. Come on, Luke. I, I feel like I, I'm hoping that you know you don't have enough time for this part. You can just cut all this out. No, I'm probably going to uh, leave this. Say, this is, this say, is pure gold. Save me the shame. His name uh, starts with I, a J because everybody that's good at redemption, like ninety percent of them, their name starts with J. That's it. I'm 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 going to my Facebook. I'm gonna to have to start pulling things up because <laughs> you're making me suffer so his, much. His, his name is a biblical name. Sometimes people sometimes people drink his last name on the weekend. They drink his last name on the weekend. Yes. Come on, that man. Is, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a. Not not a big drinker, so I. <laughs> what do people drink on the weekend? Um, uh, you know, I have usually have some water. This is kind of my go-to. Some people maybe, drink maybe some fizzy water if I'm going crazy. Some people drink beers on the weekend. Oh, it's Josiah. Yes, I have beers. <laughs> <laughs> this okay. was way too much fun to torture that, you. That was- that 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 was pretty awful. I, I'm I'm very disappointed in myself for not knowing that. Yeah. Okay. So the the Beers Brothers would even come down to my dad's tournaments sometimes. So <laughs> I've known them for <laughs> quite a long time, and I just totally blanked that entire time. Yeah. Well, I know that they were. Um, I believe Jeremy and them they were hopeful that they would be able to get him to participate, but since he stepped away and he's focusing on other life things. Not sure that that's a possibility, so it might be where they have to get someone else to fill what would be his seat. But him in with the field that's already built, man, that would be oh, that would awesome. be fun. Yeah, that'd be pretty crazy. And he'd probably play the deck that you love the most. I know he he would have to, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know if he would have to, but I know that most people talk about that as one of his go tos. So. Moving on, I guess, since we've already tortured you enough here with with the Mr. Classic stuff. Series 5 of the Zoom and Discord Invitational will be live when this episode comes out. So pairings will be up for the first week for that. So if you're participating in that, make sure that you do that. Don't ghost your competition. I really do think the unofficial tournaments last season between the Lackey Grand Prix and the Zoom Discord Invitational and even the online tournaments and whatnot as those happened i think overall the player skill for redemption has like most people are above an adequate level they're actually pretty good i think 
to where games are a lot more interesting because you don't have those games where someone's just far and away better than people they're playing. The average, I guess, the curve of talent and skill within the player base is actually elevated a good bit since I started playing just from my own observations, and that's fun to see. It's fun to see when you sit down and play someone that they're going to be pretty good and push you and there's no free wins anymore. Well, in, unless you're playing Patriarchs, right? I mean, I, I, I'm just I kidding. Guess. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We we already we already said that uh, that Jared proved me wrong with that with uh, his version of that. See, you used to hate on Flood, right? And now you're oh, hating yeah. on Patriarch. So you just hate blue in general. I, I do. It was is the worst color for so long. I just can't get it out of my head. But it's. It's kind of ironic because the, the the my favorite classic deck to play right now is actually Creation of the World. So that that's gotta be kind of funny in itself. Yeah, well, Creation, after they figured out how to how to get it off pretty consistently, is I mean, it's just fun to play. It's just flat out fun. That's all you can say about it. Just flat out fun to play. So I guess that'll bring us to the huge announcement. So we've got a huge oh, announcement here. And do I get to guess it again? Like, uh, like the name? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess if you want just, to, just kidding, please don't. Please oh, okay. Don't. Please All right. Not so, enough time. This is a huge announcement that I, along with a good friend of mine are hoping builds excitement for the game and helps to grow the game during this, what is normally kind of a, a slower period for the game. People, They've gone through the tournament season, nationals has happened, and now there's usually like a bit of a, let's just call it a recovery period. Like people get, so they don't get burned out, they take a break, whatnot, and then they'll pick it back up, you know, as the new year comes in. This is usually just where people, you know, nose to the grindstone, build decks and whatnot in private, and there's not a lot of interaction with that game as a whole and the community as a whole. Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think every time Nationals ends that I can remember, I I just completely cut myself off for a while. <laughs> yeah, which is understandable, but to kind of use this period and repurpose it for growing the game, if you watched my friend Tyler Stevens' last video where he talked about the deck that he played in Nationals, and I didn't talk about this last week when I had Jaden on because it was kind of... I wanted to check with him and see if he if he minded me taking the reins and running with his what he came up with. He called it a plus one challenge. But let's just say it's a plus one challenge slash initiative. So we're going to use this as a chance for I mean, I guess now I have a bit of a reputation here on the podcast for trying to do things that involve the community as a whole and give back to the community. So how better to do that than to take this challenge idea or initiative and throw some prizes at it and give prizes back to the community for doing something. So what's the something it's growing the game plus one. So for every player that you can bring to the game, that is a new player or a returning player that has been away from the game for at least a year. You can submit a picture of yourself and this person, and we will need just first, last name, city, state for that person, 
and I'll set it up to where, just like when I was doing the giveaway for the podcast, there is no limit to this. Every time you put it in, you will get entries into a drawing for some prizes, and these prizes will be determined later. But I think the culmination of it would be probably giving away a box of super packs for GOC and maybe doing this at the Mr. Classic event so that you have all of this dead period to get as many entries as you can. And there'll be other prizes, not just the main prize, but other things. And using this to try to take your playgroup to the next level, branch out and invite new players to the game, things of that nature. So for every person that you can bring in that is a new player to the game, and we're obviously going to be using the honor policy here a little bit, because if you have a play group that people don't know about, that don't know the individual players in your player group, sure, you could send me 10 pictures of you with 10 different people that are already playing the game. And <laughs> if you're going to do that, I can't stop you from doing that. But that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to do this to grow the game because redemption is uniquely set up right now, I think, for growing and being able to resonate with new players, especially with the new starter decks on the horizon, the newest set coming out that looks good and you could buy that and build decks from GOC with just the latest set and be as competitive as you've ever been able to with a set playing against people that have access to the full card pool. If you just buy into GOC, I think you can build a competitive deck where you can go and win tournament games. Absolutely. I think it's just a great time for the game right now to bring new players in and grow that. We just saw a resurgence at nationals in numbers, but I'm not super satisfied with that because I know that it can be better. It can be more fun. It can be even more engaging. And I'd like to see that and push towards that. So that's why we are doing the this and we're calling it the plus one initiative. And I think that the ultimate prize or, or whatever we choose to be, if it's that box of super packs, whatever the, the top prize is, will be locked unless we get 30 unique participants. So 30 different people send us a picture. Boom. Now that top prize is unlocked for whoever is going to win with having the most entries. I think that, that this sounds awesome, John. Is it, it's because especially with the new starter decks coming out, like I think people were already excited to get to teach people with those because the gameplay uh, with just those two decks is so fun. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that th- th- this is being even more incentive to actually like take pictures and, and show the redemption community that, that we're getting other people in the game. Uh, this is awesome. Yep. And think about the think about the montage at the end of this with all the pictures that we have, be able to, to build that out and say, boom, this is what happened after nationals. After we had a resurgence at nationals, this is how many we grew the game by. Yeah. And then being able to, I mean, that that's just another thing that kind of builds into the Mr. Classic event and, and, and like being able to do a huge announcement and, and a, a prize pool of, like you're saying, with like a video of all the different people that are getting into the game. Uh, yeah, it's just Absolutely. starting, get, getting some more fuel for the hype train early in the year, right? Yeah, I told you we can't let the hype train die. We got to keep it going. So, I mean, what better way to, if we all care about the game and want the game to grow, to use this time? We were already probably going to use these starter decks to try to bring new people in. Now you just get incentivized for it. You get you get a reward for it based on, you know, if your name gets drawn when we do the drawing and you can have as many entries. There is no limit. If one person has 50 new players start, 
they're getting 50 entries into this. So, I mean, all, all it does is push players, and obviously you're going to see the ones that are more um, dedicated to reaching out and starting play groups. You know, it's kind of like myself and my buddy Brad that's been on the podcast. He hasn't been on in a while because of life things, keeping him busy and being a youth pastor over the summer. I'm sure people that are in ministry understand exactly how that goes. But he and I are starting a fall small group at the church where we are opening up. We're just going to be there every Sunday, and we've got our cards, and we're sitting there willing to teach people and using that as an opportunity to at least give people the chance to come in the door and ask about it or sit down and want to play. We've got a couple of um, the new starter decks and using that to potentially teach. We've got all the IJ stuff that I've been saving, buying boxes of Phase 1 and Phase 2 with all that backfiller to be able to make starter decks to give out. So we're already, we were already doing this and I was already hoping to use this dead period as kind of a time to grow the game. And then I saw Tyler do that on his video and I was like, there's something to that. And so I reached out to him and he was all on board and he was like, all right, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to go, go in with you on this and support this and boom. So shout out to Tyler for, you know, coming up with the idea and this is just me you know, being the, you know, I guess redemption hype man to take it and run with it, you know, haha, <laughs> funny fat man running, but here we go. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd love to see this game grow to where, like, it's not a wow that we had 54 players in type one. Like, what about 154 players? I mean. Absolutely. The only way you get there is by going out of out of the norm, doing something that you don't normally do, and instead of using this period to recuperate from the, you know, the tournament season that we just had, using it to okay, not be super competitive, but be you know teaching the game to people and be sharing the game with other people, and I think now is just the game set up perfectly for growing, and I'd like to see it go towards that. So that's why we're doing the plus one initiative. It's gonna be awesome. Are you gonna be able to win? Uh, can 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 you win it, John? If you post enough pictures, I would I would venture to say that I will not win it. But I feel like if you're the one teach, if you're teaching a bunch of people, I feel like you got to be able to enter your own name, right? I mean, it's you. You said it was geo potentially some GOC super packs. Yeah, you're telling me that. You I mean, don't somebody might them. open a blue Gabriel out of this, the ultra rare plus Gabriel. And I've got one, and that is the most beautiful card that's in a set in Redemption history. I'm going to go ahead and say it. In a wow, set, not a promo. Number one. I think so. It looks that it cool. It is sweet. I, I give it to you. I think you're onto something, too, with like the blue haze. That looks so good on uh, on Redemption cards for some reason. Yep. So. Which I, I had to had to make sure to bring it up. You know, speaking of a, a blue haze... Uh, th- did you find your 2018 Son of God yet? I have not, oh, but no. I did. I did have John early reach out to me and let me know that he has one available if I want to give him some more money. <laughs> and I just can't. I I can't risk my marriage right now <laughs> after what I spent at Nationals. Uh, that's probably smart. Well, I, I I had to to let you know it's 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 not available, but just just so you know, I also have one. And it is beautiful. Nice, nice. That that thing would have made an awesome um, foil promo. Like if we were doing fuel, oh, foils man. back then with the blue. Yeah. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe they'll release one in the future that's a, a foil. I don't know. Maybe. 
that would be pretty sweet. It would be pretty cool to have a, um, not really like a full set, but just have like a some way to obtain maybe some of the more popular like high end cards in the game, just a foil version of them. Something that yeah. you don't have to have these because they're they they don't have a different ability, but just have like kind of a a chase card for players or whatnot. Because now yeah. that I've almost finished the chase on the the winter promos, you know, I, can't I gotta have something else to chase. That's crazy that you tracked them all down this fast. Well, well, I, I was kind of jabbing at you because I have one, but man, I I don't I have only a handful of those things, and you tracked down all but one of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty nuts. I wouldn't say that it was super hard. It was just trying to balance out. Like, of course, you can go out and you can find them, and you can you can pay whatever someone's asking, but to do it and find them and do it over time and then space it out to where you're not spending too much too quickly or whatnot and you're balancing it. I thought it would take me probably another year beyond what it has. So I am so like relieved that I only have one left. And if it takes me a year or two to finally get that one, that'll be fine because I know that they're out there, they're available. It's a lot different than like if you're sitting and you're waiting for a reason to buy the first 2016 and you're like, but then I'm going to have to get all three of them. And they're super <laughs> rare. And then you just think about the price point And it's like, <sighs> so having those done and just needing one from 2018, I feel like that's a more like easily obtained thing. So it, the light is definitely shining from the end of the tunnel. <laughs> that That is good. The The beautiful blue haze shining light. That is the 2018 Sun of God. Yeah. I guess before we transition here to the main topic, which is going to be kind of um, setting the stage for the next couple of episodes for the podcast, I would like to mention that we are sponsored, as always. I guess since whenever we started being sponsored, I don't know what that date was, but Covenant Games. And you guys saw John with his things from Covenant Games at Nationals, so if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you check out the website, find some way to uh, to support him. And as he grows that business and hopefully brings more products to the market, make sure you're you're staying on top of that. Hopefully we can get him to bring in some custom cool things. Like I've been pushing for him to talk to uh, Rob to get the official redemption card back and make custom sleeves that look like the back of the redemption cards. Oh, that'd be awesome. I think that'd be cool. So everyone just bombard him with messages telling him he should do that. And after <laughs> we get our first project done, then we can start on the next project. So, But definitely want to thank him for sponsoring the podcast. And make sure you check out Covenant Games for sealed product and for other family fun games. So to talk about the next couple of episodes that the podcast is going to have, This is either going to be three or four episodes. I'm not really sure yet, but I want to do kind of a year in review for Redemption since we've come through Nationals now. And last year was a big year. The game went through so many changes and in such a short amount of time as well. I mean, think about it. Nationals happened with the Love at First Sight combo. People were upset about that. And we thought, oh, we're going to get an errata afterwards to fix Love at First Sight. We got that. But then on top of that, we got... Boom, here's rotation. Boom, here's a reserve rule access change to where you can't access it the first round. Boom, now you're doing a random method to decide who goes first. 
not doing lost soul count. And then shortly after that, phase one comes out and they're like, oh, this widow and life in the sun. And then they're like, boom, four activation rule limit. And so a lot of changes happen. And so we've come through a competitive tournament season. And now I just want to take time and look back on those and see how they affected the game state as a whole and what people think about them now that they've been implemented for the better part of a full season. So we'll do this kind of full circle. The podcast started with rotation where I had a few friends on and we talked about the impact of rotation. And now we'll revisit that topic. And I'll ask you, Luke, how did you feel when rotation, like you first heard that rotation might be a thing that was coming? How did you feel then? And then how did you feel when you knew it was announced as an official change? Yeah, I I was really against uh, rotation being a thing. I I I, I was so um, I, I I was kind of scared that a lot of players would get pushed out of the game, like older players. And I was also really just kind of bummed because I felt like a lot of my collection was instantly devalued. And I, I've always been uh, as I've been playing the game, I would always trade my older cards, like the older staples that I knew people needed to, to be able to get some of the new cards that I needed to, to play that year. And so I, I had a really negative reaction to rotation coming out. Yeah. I remember when I met you for the first time, you came to, I think it was Tennessee state tournament. Yeah. Um, yeah. In 2021. So last year and I ended up, playing you and we were talking during the game and a, a little bit afterwards because you had brought in a bunch of cards because you had some other people with you you were showing the game too and I remember you had this rolling thing it looked like a for a lawyer to carry files or something in <laughs> and you had it filled with binders with your redemption cards and the subject came up of rotation and I remember like leaving there I was like I'm, I forget who I mentioned it to I might have been on the phone with Brad and I was like yeah I met one of the guys that, you know, placed at Nationals because I think you came in, what, third the year before yeah. at Nationals? And I was like, I met him. I was like one of the Marshall brothers, and he assumed that it was your brother that had won. And I was like, no, it was the uh, the other brother that came in. I guess you were known as the other brother in this conversation. I, I in, in Redemption, I feel like I've always been the other brother because I have never been able to, to beat Nick in a tournament. So <laughs> I guess that's fair. But I was like, so the guy that came in third, I played him. It was, a, it was a good game and all. I was like, but that dude was not thrilled hearing about rotation being a, a possibility. And that was just when it was just being talked about. And maybe the leadership group knew that it was happening and coming down after nationals at that time. But it was not known to the community that it was going to be official. So having those thoughts, how how did it feel the moment that – okay, the post comes live and it's like rotation is happening. And now in tournaments that are at the state or um, yeah, at the state regional and national level will be rotation only. How did that hit you the first time? Yeah, I was just, I was just really bummed. Cause I mean, like one of the, the things that I always loved doing was I, I, I would get to make it out to some like a state or a regional tournament, like with, a couple new friends that I'd showed the game to. And I'd been able to do that for the past 10 years of, and I didn't usually make it to nationals, but I would get to make it to like one big tournament every couple of years. And it was pretty fun. And one of the ways I could do that was I had so many old cards 
and those strategies were so good. I could literally just hand my friends like, Hey, this is just a straight up, like this is a fully competitive deck. And I could give, you know, two to three of my friends all a top tier strategy um, and be able to take them to the tournament with me. Uh, and, and so then being like, Oh crap, like the, all of those decks that I used to hand out to my friends that were top tier are now not going to be allowed to be played at big tournaments. So yeah, I, I was, I was, I was really bummed out. Um, but I will say I, I liked, I, I appreciated the way that they announced it um, because I understood why they felt like it needed to happen for the sake of growing the game and learning the game for new players um, I thought they announced it well, at least, even though it didn't uh, stop me from being really bummed about it. Yeah, I guess I'm almost completely opposite of you to where like when it was announced, I was like pumping and punching the sky. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's finally here. <laughs> Rotation. We're here. And I was so excited. I was like, no more ugly cards. No more ugly cards with the, the writing <laughs> over the picture. I was so excited. But then as a as it sat on me for the next like day or two, I was like, man, you know, that really stinks. If they knew they were going to do rotation right after nationals, they should have announced it. And I started feeling like they should have announced it to where we got to play one last nationals with the deck, whatever deck. I think that would have been just a crazy wide open meta. If like, this was the last time you were going to be able to play throne at nationals. What would you have played at nationals? You'd probably play throne or whatever you cared about the most. Even if you didn't think, like, if you were going to take down a notch on the competitive, I thought, like, it might broaden that. But I had come up with this great deck that I like, that I enjoyed, that people that are in my, like, circle of people that I play with, play group, they all thought was pretty cool, too. Or either they just lied to me. They, you know, that's probably it. They were probably lying to me. But <laughs> this King Noah idea that I came out with to where I used your throne strategy, but I did it with Noah coming in solo with a royal priesthood on him and then getting like authority of Christ promo, knocking that thing down, playing it pre-block to wipe out their board with hidden treasures, but then also having, Oh, well now you block me with somebody from hand. Okay. Well now I'm doing the play first off of throne. It was like just so many layers of things that were cool and it took a turn to set up, but I really enjoyed that. And I wanted to play that at nationals, but I felt like, the counters that people were sliding into their decks for love at first sight were going to completely wreck my chances to either not just be competitive with the King Noah stuff, but to even set it up to where the deck would function to where people could be like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Even though I just beat you five, three, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't mind losing if I, I can do what my deck's trying to do at least a little bit to where I can, you know, kind of show it off that, Hey, this is a really cool, unique idea that I came up with. Like it was, that's the most creative thing I've ever done in deck building in any any card game that I've played. I played a little Yu-Gi-Oh before um, as a teenager. And then uh, Redemption is all the, the card game stuff that I have except for my kids, you know, into Pokemon a little bit. And I know how to play that because it's an easy game to pick up. But I don't, like, build custom decks for that or anything. So I was really proud of that. And I didn't play it at Nationals. And had I known that that was the only time to ever get to play that at nationals in an official category, not a side event, which is kind of cool that they did side events this year to kind of have an outlet for that. But I would yes. have played that at nationals. When they, uh, that, that was, I think one of the things that that was kind of cool that they did 
the side event with an actually just a, a sweet prize um, this year to really compensate uh, and trying to to show that they they are still supporting classic to some degree and and there are like they, there are pushes to still use those older cards uh, even though we don't know what they are yet. Yeah, that's the that's the one thing that like I guess I kind of was on the fence about. I was like, well, if you knew it was going to happen, you could have let us have like one last tournament season. The, this is your last chance to play classic. But in retrospect, now a year later, I am a hundred percent glad that they ripped the bandaid off because I know how we are as a community and. Definitely, I know how I am as a guy that has a podcast. I'm very opinionated, but I feel like I, at least internally, I might not let people know that as much as I should. I acknowledge that my opinion is just my opinion. Just because I'm a guy, I'm pretty loud, and I'm talking into a microphone doesn't mean that my opinion matters any more than the guy that just picked up, you know, the IJ starter decks. Everybody's got an opinion, and so everybody's entitled to that opinion and most people in the redemption community has no problem sharing their opinion almost sometimes to a detriment to where a lot of times we come off a little bit more negative than we really anticipate or you know intend because we're all just passionate about the game that we love to play and i feel like if they had staggered it there would have been like some resistance to like I don't know why we can't keep these cards in the card pool, but I think just the clean ripoff of like we're ripping the Band-Aid off, boom, rotation is here, get on board. I think that needed to happen, that that one quick, you know, one fell swoop to push us into rotation. I think it needed to happen to make it clean for the community, the way that we have tendencies to kind of get nostalgic and want to hold true to things that are, you know, maybe need to go into a classic card pool that is only available at the local and district levels because it kind of warps the meta when you come to larger tournaments, things like potentially falling away. Like that's not a, that's not a fun card for a first time player to sit down. I finally rescued a soul against a really good player sitting there playing John early and you finally beat him in a battle and you're like, yes. And he's like, all right, I'm gonna play this dominant and take that soul back. Oh man. (laughs) You know, like that's, that's, I get the the point of that card and why it was created way back when, but that's a card that I'm kind of just glad is gone. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine that now with you give someone undesirables, they skip their next turn and then you play falling away as they've like won a battle the next time. And then you give them undesirables again. <laughs> yeah. So you basically string out, string out three, three of their rescues with that card. Oh yeah, that that would just be hilariously terrible for a. I mean, and any new player would walk straight into that, having no idea that that's even a thing, and then just man, that 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 would be like that person's never playing the game again. <laughs> I guess after talking about the way that it was announced and and kind of revisiting that, now that we've gone through a tournament season to where you had your state regional and national tournament only use the rotation format what do you think is the impact of rotation on the competitive game and how it plays differently than classic well i mean i just think it was it it, it's great uh the i i feel like i love the fact that rotation feels like a completely different game to me than classic does uh, which I think is really fun. You know, it provides those two formats have such distance in my mind now. 
that that they're 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 a different play experience. So rotation has really, I think, done a great job of bringing back the battle phase of the game, which I I don't feel like has been there for a long time, uh, because of there were so many there were so many CBN ways to win the battle, um, and I, I don't think that is as prevalent now. Like you you actually have some some back and forth play with some negates and and some some different battle winners and needing to choose the right times to attack. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the rotation has been extremely positive for gameplay. I also think uh, the rules being cleaned up uh, over this past year have been huge. You know, you mentioned a lot of those at the beginning. Um, but even, even the I think another one that I was really glad it was brought back and enforced was the time limits for turns. I, I think that the, those type of things just let the game be more fun to play because everyone was more conscious about playing fast, about getting through their turns. And yeah, I, I, I think the game's trajectory right now is just all up. Uh, and, and I love seeing that. I, I think as game design, it is playing better than it ever has before. So in review of the last year and what has transpired in the game, you think it was the right call for the game to do rotation, and then you think the timing was the right time to do it? Yeah, absolutely on both. Uh, I, I think rotation, like I said, I didn't like it, but I think they were right that it needed to happen um, and because for the sake of new players joining the game. You know, I, I think uh, a lot of the, the look of the older cards was a real negative if someone liked games and then were trying to play Redemption. Uh, it was a negative be- because of some of the, the design choices at the beginning for someone that cares about game design um, or that plays a lot of games. And, and so I think it was completely the right decision to shift things into this, hey, this is a new card face and it looks really sharp and um, uh, all of those things. So yeah, I, I, I think it was c- completely the right decision now looking back on it. Um, and I think it'll be just so much better teaching new people as they're joining Redemption. Yeah. That this is the primary format. I think it's kind of cool that we're talking about this on the heels of me making the announcement of the Plus One initiative, trying to grow the game. And part of the reason that it's so fun to, or the idea, because I, we haven't started our small group where we're trying to teach, but I know that we did the, the Royal Rangers thing with the IJ starter decks last summer i believe it was um or maybe last spring where chris fashman came down tyler stevens came up and we did in alabama a royal rangers demo and we showed it and i just think like now with you give us the new starter decks you give us the fact that the game is rotated so we can you know kind of talk about a smaller card pool that they can get involved with and just how that experience of teaching the game will compare to when me and Brad start this small group at church starting Sunday, which when you hear this, this is such weird timing, but when you hear this on Tuesday, it will be this past Sunday that we did the first one. And just even from, from there to now, like just the trajectory of the game that we're talking about is in, in such a positive direction and trending upward um, and rotation being a big part of that because there's just it's a healthier card pool for people to come in as new players and only have to worry about a certain amount of sets that they have to learn and adapt to. And just, I feel like it's night and day better to teach the game right now than it was then. Especially if you're like, okay, 
you want to open up a couple of packs? Well, which packs do you open? You, now you can guide them to, well, this is rotation format. You want to buy cards that are on the new card face. So these are the sets you want to focus on. And I think all of that is just, it, it's happened in the last year, a lot of it, but I think it started with the leadership team saying, all right, now's the time to push the initiative for the game to get ready for the next, I guess, life cycle. And yeah. I'm so glad that they did that. And I couldn't be more excited to try to teach players and bring players into the game with all of that. So like when we're showing a deck, all the cards match now. That's the biggest thing. If I, I pull out a competitive deck that I've played and now every card looks similar, you know, you might have full art and things like that, but those are just wow factors. It's not like, what's that card that's a different card size that has the text written on the picture that I have to take it out of the sleeve because there's a glare on the picture. Now, what does that say? Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm being a little overbearing there with with how it how it is, but the cards all no, looking but, the same is very important for displaying this game to a new player. Yeah, I I, I agree with you completely. I and and me being someone that loves playing the old cards still, like I can still say that, and it's it's not taking anything away from them. It was just a different design, and I think to have a uniform design in the kind of the flagship format of our game is really good. It, it makes us look more official. It makes everything look way more presentable to new players. And, and so I just think that was a great move forward. Uh, I also think one of the other benefits that happened from rotation was a lot more cards get to see play that never would have seen play. Uh, because for instance, the way that me and my brother would judge cards as they came out was, okay, like this card does this, is that better than throne? Or this card does this, is that a better counter than covenant with death? And the answer was almost always no. Right. Uh, and, and so with that no longer being the case of like some of those pillars of the old format, you know, we, we don't have to worry about power creeping those out because that would be really rough for the game if those got power creeped out. Um, like, what would they have to print to 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 power creep out Covenant with Death? Yeah. It would be pretty nuts. Or Uzza as a, as a Right, or Uzza, yeah. And, and so I think the I, I'm, I'm excited to, to get to play with some of these other cards, you know, that were unplayable before. Kind of like, you know, playing with Flood. Like now you can actually play a Flood deck and, and it's not terrible like it was before. I mean, I guess that's in the <laughs> eye of the beholder. Well, no, uh, you, you told me I had to throw some shade at uh, Jay this episode. Oh. So that was my that was my uh, chance to put a little knife out there for him. Okay, cool. In yeah. full disclaimer, before we started recording, I did tell um, Luke he asked about his audio, and I said we've got we've got one rule about audio here from the guest side is is it better than than Jay's audio that first episode? And now that we're talking about the first episode, we kind of we'll kind of talk about it. Jay had some rough audio that I had to go through <laughs> editing, and it wasn't very listenable. And we we've gotten Jay back on since, and it's it's better, it's improved, but. That's the floor. Is it better than that first episode of Jay on your audio? And then, of course, because it's, you know, it's Jay, each guest is required to do one dig at Jay. Sorry, right. Jay. Yeah, so that that was my one dig. Yes. So, all right. Um, let me, let me kind of do this. And this is one of those that's kind of a, where I think that it was... 
I think the elders gambled a little bit with rotation mm-hmm. because to see the game grow, you have to, that that's another thing you're talking about. You're talking about when cards came out and you would read it and say, is this better than thrown? If I grab this offense, is it better than thrown? It, it, does this do something better as a counter than covenant with death? No. Well, then you'll keep your 50 cent copy of covenant with death that you already own. And you're not investing new money into the game. Yeah. So I think rotation, part of it, like we always talk about redemption. It's, it's nice and refreshing because it's not just a money grab, like a lot of card games to where it's forcing you to invest money. But redemption still requires players to buy in and invest in the game for there to be a future for the game. And like when Rob set up his table at nationals, if he sits there, he he sets up and he's sitting there and he's willing to sell new starter decks, new GOC phase two boxes, and no one goes up there to buy them. Then what does that say about the future of the game? But when he sets up and there's a longer line for that, than for checking in your type one deck on type one day, (laughs) you know, that's an exciting part of the future because people are buying into what the game's future is and rotation being a big part of that. And I think leadership really took a risk there hoping that it would pay off, but had they rotated and players that were in your position to where you're like, man, my whole collection is being devalued. And if enough of those players just felt like I really can't invest to, get the new cards and, and whatnot. So I'm just going to step away from the game. Then you would have risked the future of the game on something that drove some people away. But I think what they, what, what they saw was that what, what they were offering in return was, was worth the risk is what it seemed like. You know, oh like, yeah. Absolutely. I think they were so confident in the new design that they were taking with the way cards function and with the way that they look that they were like, this will be worth it. Um, even if we lose a few along the way, we'll gain more. And, and I do think that it is what is seeming to happen. Um, and it'll be really interesting to see, uh, to, to see if we keep getting that boost and that upward trajectory, which I, I think that we will. Cause I just, I, yeah, I think they're really doing a great job with the the creativity in the game right now. Yeah, and I was I was definitely that's where I was leading with that point is it definitely paid off, and I'm I'm glad that they did that. But it's nice to see that big picture they were focusing on. This is what is needed for the game to grow, and we're not going to let kind of what the game was or the history of the game hold us back from doing that to create a healthier game state to bring new players in. And I'm just like, I guess I'm thoroughly impressed with the the game state that they've created for bringing new players in. And I know that we just went through, and we'll talk about that with some of our other year in review um, episodes about the fact that we just came through another quote unquote combo meta. But that's you know that's that's beside the point when you can take the game and the game is in a state where you can show it to new players and get them excited about it and wanting to invest in their own card collection and whatnot. And I think that it's almost easier to have new players that are willing to buy into those cards and existing players have bought into it. And part of the benefit of rotation and all of that is brought to light by the fact that we as a community have bought in and supported the game to where the game is growing to where 18 extra cards got added to GOC. We've got new starter decks when 
all I heard when I first came in the game was until IJ sells out, Rob's not even going to consider starter decks. Well, guess what? <laughs> that is not true. It turns out to not be true. So redemption, and I know that he doesn't make a ton of money off redemption versus what money he puts back into it, but it seems like it's sustaining itself to where there is a big picture future. Like we've got Chris and Tyler talking about three sets from now. Yeah. Like to know that the future of the game is being planned and whatnot, it makes it a lot easier for us as players to buy into what the game is right now, knowing where it's going. But it could have been completely the opposite if players had not bought into the changes that leadership was making for the game. But I'm, I guess I'm thankful to the community as a whole that we all are at least the ones that are, you know, still active and playing when the announcement happened, bought into it and made it a successful year for rotation because of the changes that happened. I think the most important and most vital was rotation because it changed the, the state of the game from a competitive scene and then bringing in new players as a, you know, just introducing them to a cleaner game that has better wording on the abilities and all the other changes that have happened really like they're, they're definitely important for the game, but they don't have the broad impact, just the broad stroke impact of, okay, we're doing rotation, new card face forward. I definitely, I'm, I'm glad that the risk was definitely worth the reward and that the community bought in as a whole to, to make it successful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I feel like the only, uh, the, the only thing left to do now is to, to, to probably get rid of widow or errata her. Cause, uh, I, I feel like that, that was the only thing from, uh, really making this national tournament, like completely unexpected, as far or like maybe completely an open field, because um, I do feel like the interaction of being able to draw twelve a turn is too good to do from your territory. So uh, yeah. ho- hopefully they can. Hopefully that it, the action is taken on that soon, and, and we can see the the rotation truly come back into uh, what it was, which was a very different feel from the classic meta game. Yeah, which I definitely understand what you're saying. And we we all as players acknowledge that slightly aggressive um, deck strategies are always probably going to be the vast majority of decks just because the way the game is set up, you can only win with your offense. Your defense is only to allow your offense to win the game. So it's already like the game's set up to be skewed toward offense and people are just leaning into that when they build their deck. But plus 12 is in a turn from territory is, is a little much. And I will say, while we're kind of talking about that and keeping the card pool clean, I really like what they did with Endless Treasures, if they're going to do an errata, to where after a year, you've had time to swap your copy of Endless Treasure to the new wording. The old wording will not be a legal card for play. Yeah. At at some point, I don't know when the, the official, like, boom, now it's not official. But I really like that. I'm almost more... Depending on the card, and I know that then you start talking about like, what if there's an ultra rare that comes out that's a problem that needs to be cleaned up with wording or whatever. Um, I'm more in favor probably of bans than erratas, just because I like the fact that we're keeping the card pool clean and someone doesn't have to know that there's a play as errata on a card. I think them avoiding that with the endless treasures change was really cool because 
you don't want someone to see that. Is there a draw to, is there not? And having to know something about the game to know how that card's supposed to play. Cards playing exactly as they're worded is nice. And if they're not going to play that way, just throw them on a ban list. So like Widow, instead of trying to errata it and change the ability, nobody played that card before anyway. So if you errata it, it goes to being a card that no one's going to play again anyway. So why not just ban it? Well, but I, I I hear what you're saying, and I think you're probably right. But at the same time, I would love for the Ephesian Widow just to have like a unity clause on it, like unity Ephesians, and then go from there. Or like like there, there's a couple subtle changes, and then it's still its own archetype, but not not able to do as much as it was. But you're you're probably right for the sake of the 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 clean break of just needing to ban it but yeah i just i guess in my head i'm thinking about the player that opens that um persecuted church i think that's what set she's from so persecuted church pack and gets her and okay well now you have to know that that card plays differently than the word on it then just (laughs) boom okay i just opened some packs i'm checking against a you know five six seven eight ten card ban list okay this one's not boom to just have to remember, hey, this card plays differently than it's actually worded. I just, it's more cumbersome and it, it really feels like kind of classic. Like that's one of the problems that hopefully we've left in classic and we're not bringing it into rotation. Just, I mean, I guess that's my perspective. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think you're right. Cause I think without, without Widow pushing the speed of the meta, I think a lot more strategies become viable again. Um, which, which is just more fun, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Although I will say, while we're talking about bands and erratas, uh, I'm just going to use your, your podcast as a platform to say, oh, here we go. peace alone, please. It looks so, it's so cool that you can. You said leave it the, alone? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yeah. Leave yeah. peace alone. It creates a cool new archetype and, uh, and you can only use it with blue. Busted. You can only yeah. use it with blue or clay. And yeah. trust me, I played it at nationals and I got it off against every person that I played. But guess what? Half the times that I got it set up, they got rid of Abraham that had it placed on him. You can get rid of it. There's plenty of cards to get rid of it. You don't have to negate it. You just have to remove it from being placed, which negate and discard. It still discards it. And then it's basically negated because it's not placed anymore because it's territory class. There's ways yeah. around it. It's not impenetrable. Leave peace alone. It's a fun archetype, man. It, and it makes patri- it makes patriarchs halfway playable because, oh, as Luke told you, yeah. they suck already, right? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I, I halfway playable patriarchs. <laughs> halfway playable. You know what? What is a fun play though is when you're playing animals with Jacob and you get to go and get death of unrighteous with Jacob because he only grabs a Genesis enhancement. Oh, it doesn't have to be a good enhancement. See, you're sleeping on some of the benefit of patriarchs. <laughs> yeah, I guess I haven't looked at them quite good enough. Although, I, as much as I slam on patriarchs, the the truth is the the reset strategy in general, I think, is is extremely strong. So, I, I can't really yeah. knock it too much. At the end of the day, I, I love the, the reset. Thing, yeah, it's the only thing that can do that well. So I guess we'll get ready to wrap up here. Definitely want to thank you, Luke, for coming on. I know that I mentioned 
before nationals, a few episodes before nationals that I was really wanting to get some new blood in here. Cause it seems like we're just going through the same guest over and over. So getting to bring on someone, especially someone like you that I know that from our first interaction in person, you really weren't a big fan of rotation. And then we're getting to talk about the impacts of rotation and just seeing how almost full circle it's come overall, not just like the fact that the podcast started with rotation. Now we just hit that topic after nationals, but the fact that like you were against it and now you're pushing for it, like you enjoy it and the impact that it has on the game. So that's pretty cool to see all that has happened in a year from that standpoint. Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy it. I, I enjoy the fact that it feels like a different game to me. And I enjoy the the fact that it seems like there, there's different things developing where I can still play classic. You know, I, I know I remember Rob M. Uh, he he was saying that he he was thinking about doing a scroll only tournament. Oh that yeah, was, that can be fun. And yeah, it, it seems like it's kind of spawning some more creativity with some of those older cards to play them in different ways. Which uh, that that just sounds like a blast to me. So yeah, and speaking of scrolls only whether that's Rob M or, or someone else, if that actually ends up happening, I would love to use it as a chance to get someone on to talk about that and how a tournament went that had scrolls only as a side event or whatever. That, that'd be pretty cool to find out how that game played out. Cause you're not just talking about classic at that point. You're talking about no new cards, no new card face cards, scrolls only. <laughs> and that's completely different than classic. Maybe to a, a detriment, but maybe it's maybe it's a healthier card pool. Yeah, I have no blend, idea. It doesn't blend the two different like generations of cards. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see if uh, if if they do end up getting to do that tournament. I'm I'm definitely gonna try and go if I can because it just sounds like uh, such a fun format to come and look at with being able to use the updates to rules and the way cards worked. I think it fixes a lot of things that would have been messed up in that card pool. So it could be really interesting format for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how it turns out and it just creates more content for me. That's one episode. I don't really have to do much for just get one of those guys to come on and talk about how it (laughs) went. So, Hey, I'll be reaching out to someone, (laughs) but, um, want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening and remember the huge announcement the plus one initiative is what i'm i'm calling it i got it on here as the challenge but that's what it was originally uh, called for tyler and we're gonna do it as an initiative because we're trying to get multiple people to to join in we're not just challenging you to do, do one but to do multiple get multiple players involved in the game and next week I should be able to have a list of the prizes and the tier, uh, you know, like what, what the main prize is and what, what not. So we can share more details about that, but I'll end up setting up a link that you can use to submit a picture kind of like we did for when I did the reviews for the podcast with the, um, the giveaways for the play mats and, um, the contender decks from your turn games. So I'll end up using a Google link to where you can just submit a picture and be like, this is me and, Joe Joe Blow from, you know, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. All right, boom. And then we'll write that down so no one else can claim Joe Blow is their player just to <laughs> kind of help us, you know, have a little bit of integrity with the tracking. And then we can also use that to see, okay, even even across, you know, maybe we didn't get 
30 unique participants. Maybe we got, you know, 15 unique participants, but we still grew the game by like 45 players or something. Because what's really cool, and I meant to do this earlier when we were first talking about it, but if I go on my computer right now, I'll do this right now, just to, to case in point. What's really exciting about the game is that you can see it on Facebook in the Lion's Den Facebook group that we have for redemption, but also here on Discord, go to the Introduce Yourself. We had someone started playing in 2019. This is a Royal Rangers person. Yesterday at 8.44 p.m. Yesterday at 8.22 p.m., someone that started playing in 2022 from Iowa City. And then on August 9th, this is someone that... I guess started playing in 2005. Here's somebody playing 2000. So there's a lot of players that are returning to the game after more than a year off, which is what we're talking about. And then we've got players that just started within the last year or are brand new on eight, six, someone that years ago is what they put Christian S from temple, Texas. You've got John G from Chattanooga just found out about the game on August 2nd on August 1st, Clint B Never played, but interested in learning from Marion, Illinois. And you just scroll up and you, you look and it's like every other day or, you know, a handful of days, there's someone joining the Discord. So players are coming into the game. And now if we just focus on that and, you know, try to in, increase that amount and have a strat, strategic approach to it to where we're trying to get everyone involved with at least just reaching out to one person, then we can grow the game to where it's not it's not just – a, an increase for just one nationals that we think is the best nationals ever that had all the hype leading up to it that we we had you know a hundred and uh, right around a hundred attendants but we can make that a norm and then we can keep shooting for higher numbers and that's what I'm excited about to see like the future of the game grow and I think it's set up strategically to do that so make sure that you if you're if you're doing if you have any chance to reach out, and share the game with someone, take the time to do that. And maybe you win a, a box of super packs. Who knows? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to start teaching more people and uh, getting to be a part of the challenge. I, I love a good giveaway. There's nothing like uh, getting to put your name in a, in a hat and have someone pull it out. So, yeah, I, I feel like I've been that like giveaway person or at least trying to involve the community in something bigger than like ourselves since I've been involved in the game because I've done like the Christmas card swap for two years now, and I, I guess we'll do it this year as well. But you've got that, and then we did the giveaway with the, the podcast earlier in the year. And at some point, when we hit a year mark, I mean, that just sounds like another giveaway, right? Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what we can rope our uh, our sponsors at Covenant Games into giving away, but you know, when we hit that year mark, we're going to have to do something since we did something so big for six months. So... I mean, Covenant Games don't they have a bunch of uh, they have a bunch of extras of those national promos sitting around? So maybe they should part with a few of those. Yeah, that that'd be pretty cool. Give away a King of Tyrus foil. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, thank you again, Luke, for joining. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll go ahead and call it here. Thank you so much for having me on, John. Yes, sir. Talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>
the Plus One Initiative. I want to thank Luke again for joining us. And I've got a special surprise for you next week as we continue our year in review episodes. I've got another brand new guest, and it's going to be someone you don't want to miss. Trust me. So we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.